Wax 104.5. Good morning as we get ready for some changing weather. It's chore time here at the Shank of the Day. I am Bob. And I'm Scott. In the studio. You're checking the radar, aren't you? I am. It looks like that radar, that like that green is moving right into us right now. And maybe we'll, looks like it's on River Falls and in that neck of the woods. Down and in Pepin County. Down in Pepin County. Buffalo, so. And I don't think there are any real storms. It's just kind of green, isn't it? Yep, just uh, nice green. And if All that right. makes it to the ground, that'd be okay this All morning. All right, so if you didn't get your hay up, I don't know why. but Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> you had plenty of time to do it. But uh, it might get a little wet before you can go after it. Because rain today, looks like rain into tomorrow, maybe Sunday. Chance of rain on Monday. Then Tuesday, Wednesday, the sun's going to be coming back up. A little cooler now. Maybe Sunday, 80. But other than that... Every day in the next four, five, six is going to be in the 70s. It's 68 right now in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area. Warm spot is lacrosse at 71. Oh, hey, before we go any farther, I got a call yesterday when I was talking about activities that are going on. Someone said I misspoke, and I wouldn't doubt that a bit. So I'm glad you corrected me. And so we're going to make a correction if uh, need to be. That's in Pepin County. The uh, dairy breakfast that they have planned is a drive-through dairy breakfast, and it will be tomorrow. Someone said I said it would be the day after, and I don't even want to say that because it's the, <laughs> it's not the day after tomorrow. It is tomorrow, Saturday, June 20th. It'll start at 7.30 in the morning and at two locations, Comrow Sales and Duran and the O'Galley Cheese Factory. Each car is going to get a bag of food that amounts to enough food to feed four people. Now, there's going to be no cost for that. But, of course, like they always do at the Pepin County Breakfast, they will accept free will donations. They do that every year when they're on the farm or not. And this year's uh, breakfast is supposed to be at the Noah Weiss Farm, and uh, they will have the breakfast next year at the Weiss Farm. Let's hope this is all under control by then. If not, we're all going to jump off a cliff. But uh, the breakfast, the drive through breakfast tomorrow in Pepin County is, again, tomorrow on Saturday, 7.30, Comrose Sales and the O'Galley Cheese Factory. So hopefully we got that squared away. You know what today is, right? Friday. Friday, and today's the last day of spring. Yeah, that's right. Summer is tomorrow. Yeah, longest day of the year. Yeah, we're going to lose some of our summer weather. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been nice, that's for sure. We can't complain about the kind of weather we have had. We've got other farm news to uh, take a look at, and we'll talk about one big outdoor farm show that is not being canceled. So we'll talk about if you want to do a little road trip, not bad, but a little road trip, uh, there'll be an opportunity to do that. So we'll, we'll talk about that and uh, a whole lot more. we got other items on the calendar. I, I didn't talk to anybody from Stanley Boyd to see how their drive through went yesterday up at Chapman Park from 4 to 6 p.m. And I uh, haven't seen a report, but uh, they had uh, food that they were giving away, dairy products, of course, milk, butter, and cheese from Lagranders that they were giving away to the first 200 needy families that drove through there. So uh, congratulations to the folks there in Stanley Boyd. A, a great effort and a lot of great sponsors that they had to put that program on. So lots to do. It's a Friday morning, 68 degrees right now. We'll get up to, oh, about... 79 today. Some folks obviously go, oh, that's my girl, Faith Hill, on a Friday morning at West. Can't start out any better than that, can it? Good sleeping weather, upper 60s. And Faith Hill. And Faith Hill. And Faith Hill. <laughs> and Faith Hill. <laughs> oh, boy. Dream, dream, dream. 68, 79 to high today. Some rain in the area. It's 5 o'clock. This is 104.5 FM. W-A-X-X. So, Claire, let's get the news of the morning. NBC News Radio. I'm Dean Mucho. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo says former National Security Advisor John Bolton is a traitor. He blasted Bolton's tell-all memoir about working in the White House, sad and dangerous. He said Bolton is spreading lies, though he admitted he's only read excerpts. Bolton's book is scheduled to hit shelves next week, but the Trump administration is fighting its release in court. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is praising the Supreme Court's rejection of President Trump's effort to end DACA. The Supreme Court decision upholding President Obama's wonderful action to support our dreamers. That's the Obama-era policy that protects hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants brought here as children from deportation. Pelosi said the ruling is in line with our values 
values as a country. Senator Amy Klobuchar doesn't want to be vice president in the current climate. She said she called former Vice President Joe Biden to tell him putting a woman of color on the Democratic ticket would help heal the nation. Biden, the presumptive Democratic candidate, has promised to pick a woman as his running mate. New York City will begin phase two of the state's four-step reopening process on Monday. Mayor Bill de Blasio says the number of coronavirus cases have been dwindling, meaning it's safe to start opening up more businesses. Restaurants are going to be able to offer outdoor seating to customers, while thousands of Big Apple residents will head back to work for the first time in months. The road to the horse racing immortality gets underway this weekend at the place where it traditionally ends. Usually the Belmont Stakes is the final race in the pursuit of the Triple Crown, but due to the coronavirus this year, it's the first. Ten horses will be lining up at Belmont Park with New York-bred Tiz, the law of the morning line favorite. Post time is set for 5.42 p.m. tomorrow. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Which is 4.42 our time and... And what a shame because uh, all the horses, there are about three other horses that were the caliber, it is the law, Charlatan Nadal, and uh, what's the fourth one I'm trying to think? Oh, uh, Maxfield. And they were all there. Well, Nadal won the Arkansas Derby, one phase of it. Now he had a bone problem and he's been retired yeah. to stud. How how's fun would that be? Three years old, you're already retired to stud. <laughs> Well, you haven't? You aren't? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) But anyway, so uh, good luck to him and his breeding exploits. But then Charlatan won the other half of the Arkansas Derby, and he was, uh, you know, going to be a favorite in the the Belmont. I don't know why. Bob Baffert trained both of those. And then uh, the other horse, Maxfield, was also considered a very strong favorite to be in that race, and for some reason he's not in it. So... I don't know if the Triple Crown this year, obviously it's all, it's going to be the Belmont, then the Kentucky Derby, then the Preakness will be last sometime in October. The first weekend in September will be the Kentucky Derby. So it is all jumbled up, but uh, boy, it's losing some of the luster of it because uh, those horses uh, aren't in it either for injury or whatever decision, because I don't think Charlatan has run since the uh, Arkansas Derby, and that was way back in, I want to say, First part of May, maybe the end of April, something like that. So it's uh, going to be tomorrow. I'll be watching it. I have a question for you. You're a yeah. horse guy, a horse race guy. Do horse... well, I watch it. I'm no you, expert. You are, yeah, well, but a great question I've always had in my mind. Somebody like Bob Baffert, who has all of these champion horses, is it because of him or do the owners hire him oh, because the they have him. the incredible horse? Well, they've got an incredible horse, and they want the right guy that knows how to get them ready for the classics, and yeah. these are the classics. And unfortunately for, I don't know why Charlatan's not in it. That's the other horse Baffert trains. But uh, anyway, it'll still be worth watching about a quarter to five tomorrow afternoon. Our time is post time, so we'll be watching that. And uh, in case you miss it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll report on it for you. Yeah, also, speaking of reporting, we've got lots to report, including weather and markets. Uh, let's get going. Looking for the best prices for your livestock? Then Terrain Livestock Market is the place to take them. Terrain Livestock is conveniently located a mile and a half north of Thorpe on Highway 73 with sales every Monday and Wednesday. Terrain Livestock Market features a clean, modern facility and, for your convenience, a drive through area. For more information, call 715-669-7127. Terrain Livestock Market, striving to be the best market of choice for your livestock. This Father's Day, near or far, show Dad you care with a gift he'll love. At Kohl's, save on shirts and shorts, the Ninja Foodie Grill, and get 25% off Under Armour, Nike, and Adidas. Plus, get an extra 20 or 15% off. Plus, an extra $10 off your Father's Day purchase of $50 or more. You don't have to spend a lot to say thanks, Dad. Offers valid June 11th through 21st. 25% off active. Offers and coupons do not apply. 10 off 50 with promo code DAD10. 15 or 20% off with promo code Save More. Select styles. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, just as we've been saying the last week or so, get the baler out and get it going. I guess we could say back the trailer or back the baler into the shed and grease it up and 
put fresh twine in it and get it ready to go, but it won't be for the next three or four days at least. Rain today, overnight, tomorrow, into Sunday, and chance of rain again on Monday. I don't think there's any real heavy storms coming this way. And, uh, you know, by tomorrow, maybe an inch and a half and whatever, or half an inch to an inch and a half, depending on where you're at. But uh, it's a much-needed rain. We do need some moisture, so that's going to be happening. 79 today, be about 60 by short time tomorrow morning, 77 on Saturday, 80 on Sunday, 77 on Monday, then Tuesday and Wednesday, partly sunny. High should be in the mid-70s right now in Green Bay at 63. Milwaukee at 65, Madison at 62. In central Wisconsin, Marshfield at 66, Wausau's at 64, up at Rice Lake, 65, Lacrosse, the warm spot at 71. Here in the Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls, Menominee area, we're about uh, 68 degrees and looking to the west to see when the rain's going to get here. I mean, it's uh, one of those fronts. It's not real sticking together type of rain, so it does come in and break up. So just uh, keep an eye on it. Leave the windows open. That's the best chance to have rain around the area. We'll take more markets in a moment. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Macy's has opened most stores and has a very special friends and family offer in time for Father's Day. Get an extra 30% off the perfect gift for dad, like a new swimsuit or sandals. Now at Macy's. Exclusions may apply. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's get to those numbers this morning. Brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Scott, the cash livestock here at the end of the week. Fed beef steers are at 90 to 105 with mixed 80 to 89. Fed beef heifers 85 to 105 with mixed 80 to 84 and three quarters. Fed Holstein steers are 82 to 89 and a half. Cows 55 to 68 with the top selling at 75. Bulls are at 81 to 89 and a half. On the hog side, butcher hogs are at 27 to 30. No quotes on sows or boars. New crop market lambs are at 140 to 155 with old crop lambs 80 to 107 and feeder lambs are at 85 to 155. At the Mercantile Exchange, cattle prices were under pressure yesterday at the close. June live cattle closed 9607. That was down 42. August down 75 at 9610. October at 9940 down 42 and December live cattle 10327. Down 60. Feeder cattle for August, 132.97. Down 60. September at 134.25. Down 70. October feeder cattle, 135.10. Down 62. November at 135.67. Down 65. January, 134.92. Down 57. Lean hog carcass contracts. The January contract closed at 49.90. That was up 25. August at 53.40, up 30. October at 51.17, down in nickel, and the December contract at 52.40 was up 25. Board of trade overnight, mixed wheat under pressure here as the winter wheat harvest is going on. July corn up one this morning at 3.32, the oats down a penny at 3.05. July soybeans up three at 8.76, soybean meal up 30 cents a ton at $289.10, and that uh, July wheat price down again overnight, down to 483. Barrel cheese down a nickel yesterday at 228. Blocks unchanged 250 a pound. Butter up three quarters at 180 and three quarters. Class three prices, some nice increases again yesterday. We now have two months over $20. June's almost 21. June settled yesterday at 2092. That's up 17. July at 2043, up 64. August 1854, up 45. September at 1774, up 28. October at 1722, up 21, as those Class three prices were higher out through February of next year. Well, the young ladies are on their way to Walworth County. We're talking about the finalists to be Alice in Dairyland. 
And as we've been listening this week, four of the six are from our area. We'll listen to that fourth young lady next on uh, what her goals and desires are. That's Grace Schrader from down in the Cashton area. That's next right here on Wax, 12 minutes after 5. Unlock the possibilities of your outdoor world with the most innovative zero-turn mowers, lawn tractors, and walk-behind mowers at your locally-owned Cub Cadet dealer, Countryside Co-op. But don't just take it from us. Owners across the country have given the Enduro and Ultima Series mowers glowing reviews. So join this five-star experience supported by the genuine parts, accessories, and trained service technicians you'll only find at your local Cub Cadet dealer. Test Drive American Built Strength today at Countryside Co-op, located at 514 East Main Street in Durand. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. A great field of candidates to be the next Allison Dairyland in Wisconsin. One of those candidates, Grace Schrader from the Cashton area, is a finalist. And uh, Grace, we want to wish you good luck at the finals coming up in Walworth County. But before we uh, talk about the Alice program itself, talk about you growing up in the Cashton area. Tell us about your background. Agriculture has always been in my life. Growing up, I remember uh, great memories of me growing up on my family's dairy farm. And then when I was about 12, we sold the cattle, and I've uh, my family's been on a crop farm ever since. We just had a good planting season for our corn. But when I was in my uh, grade school age, I was able to participate in a variety of organizations, one example being the Warren's Cranberry Festival. I had the opportunity to represent them for a year, and I got to go to the Wisconsin State Fair and learn how to promote a specific industry in our Wisconsin agriculture. That was fun. And then growing up more, I started working, and I got to work at Pasture Pride Cheese, which is in Cashel, Wisconsin. It's a cheese store. And I also got to learn how important our dairy industry was during that time and how important it was to buy local because it truly does support our local economies and support our farmers. And then more recently, uh, during my college years, I have done multiple internships, uh, some including a multimedia internship at the La Crosse Area Chamber of Commerce. And I just got done with a public relations internship at my school. And I just graduated this past semester with a degree in public relations. So I'm excited to be back home on the farm. (laughs) And you uh, went across the river to go to college. Tell us about your college experience over in Minnesota. Oh, it was wonderful. The reason I went over to Minnesota is because uh, St. Cloud State University, the college I went to, is an accredited mass communications college. So, And I really knew I wanted to be in some form of mass communication. And I decided choosing public relations because I love making organizations successful. It's truly what makes me happy. So that's what, was, uh, that's what I chose as a career path. Now, unfortunately, we're not going to have a Warren's Cranberry Festival this year. But as an Alice finalist, you have to promote a Wisconsin product. Did you choose cranberries? Actually, I am promoting our milk goat industry in Wisconsin for the Allison Dairyland program. I think another candidate, candidate, Julia Nunez, is doing cranberry. So I'm very jealous of her, but I'm sure she'll do a really good job. Oh, that's good. What do you know about the milk goat industry in Wisconsin? Well, um, I feel like when most people think of Wisconsin as America's Dairyland, they think of our healthy and happy cows. However, we're actually number one in the country for our population of milk goats and our overall fluid milk production for our milk goats. So I think that is an important topic to touch on, that we are number one in the country and we make a variety of products. We even have cheese processing plants that are dedicated to making our goat milk into cheese, which is not what a lot of other states do. And how long have you wanted to be Alice in Dairyland? Since you were a little girl, or when did this come about? (laughs) That's a really good question. Uh, So it probably uh, stems back to me growing up on the farm. I just knew that I loved agriculture, and I hoped that I would be able to represent that in some way in the future. But when I actually was a princess for the Warren's Cranberry Festival, I got to go to the Alice in Dairyland Dairyland Finals, Uh, in 2012 and watch Rochelle Rip get uh, the position. So since then, I've always (laughs) been looking up to Alice in Dairyland, and now it's finally my time to seize the moment, and I hope that I can be that role model for other people. And if you are crowned our next Alice, at least the first part of your reign is going to be something we've never seen before with this coronavirus pandemic we're facing. What about 
plans to promote Alice, promote Wisconsin when you can't be face-to-face or attend group meetings, which aren't happening. You got blogs planned? Uh, what kind of things are going through your mind? Yeah, so uh, it's been uh, an interesting journey trying to figure out what we're um, exactly doing this year. But fortunately for me, as Alice uh, in Dairyland, uh, I would be able to uh, use my professional skills to incorporate uh, more digital content and make our in-person events more online to reach the consumers that we're having a problem with uh, reaching right now. Well, we wish you all the luck in the world at uh, the finals in Walworth County. They're going to be a little different this year, but uh, good luck, Grace, and hopefully your route to Alice in Dairyland is successful. Great, thank you. And again, that's Grace Schrader from down in the Cashton area. So you've heard this week from the four young ladies that are finalists for the six. Now, there are always six. But uh, four of the six this year are from our area. And I'll tell you, I don't know. They're all good. They are. And if you miss any of these, if you miss the other three this week, go to 20 com. click on our page. Yeah, we've got them posted and up there. They're so posted you can on there. To yep. But great young ladies, all of them Stephanie, Julia, Kristen, and, uh, or Caitlin, rather, and uh, Grace, all young ladies. And we wish them. Nothing but the best, and hopefully they can put their best foot forward at the finals down there in Walworth County, Friday and Saturday. All right, Saturday night we'll know who our new Alice is. What's going on in farm other than that? It's a real legal fight now over the use of dicamba on soybeans and cotton. Earlier this week, the Environmental Protection Agency defended its position about farmers being able to use the product. A statement from the EPA alleges that, quote, it's only illegal to distribute or sell dicamba. It does not allow you or does not outlaw use of the product already legally purchased, end quote. EPA lawyers also argued that spraying a pesticide that is not registered is not illegal. Rather, it's only illegal to buy or sell an unregistered pesticide. The biofuels industry continues to be very upset with the Environmental Protection Agency. That's because the EPA still has more than 50 requests from small refineries for those exemptions from blending biofuels into their gasoline. Some are for almost from a decade ago. Back in January, a U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals ruled against granting waivers to three refiners because they hadn't received one previously. The biofuels industry is charging that the EPA's actions are a blatant attempt to dodge the law and hurt rural communities. If you're bummed that there won't be a big outdoor farm show in this area this summer because of Farm Technology Days being canceled this year, all is not lost. If you want to take a drive later this summer, you can attend the Big Farm Progress Show in Boone, Iowa, just west of Ames. Show officials say they're working with the state of Iowa and local health organizations to ensure safety for attendees, workers, and exhibitors. They also say they plan to hold all the events they've held at the previous 65 Farm Progress shows, everything from planting to spraying to harvesting. They say they have no plans to limit the number of attendees. All right, so some of our farm news this morning. In just a couple of minutes, we're going to listen to an interview you had recently. That's right, uh, about the rural electric cooperatives. We talk about uh, losses that have been suffered in a lot of different ways because of this uh, coronavirus pandemic, and co-ops across the nation are feeling it, electric co-ops, because a 5% decrease in consumption alone, not to mention people having difficulty paying for their light bills. Yeah, it's not just XL Energy and all those things. The Rural Electric Co-op is very much a part of this. So we'll hear that conversation with the CEO of Wisconsin Rural Energy, Steve Freeze. That's coming up on Wax 21 After 5. And again, we've got a lot of opportunities for you to make some good deals. Farmers, are you thinking about taking advantage of these low fuel prices? You can by buying a new farm fuel tank direct from the manufacturer. 1,550-gallon farm tanks are in stock at USEMCO. USEMCO fuel tanks go through a rigorous process of sandblasting, followed by a urethane coating to prevent rusting. Full factory warranty, and they're easy to move, too, with a skid-type design. Get the best quality fuel tank and the best pricing by buying direct. Call Cal at 608-372-5911. USEMCO. 
Pemco, highways 12 and 16 on the east side of Toma. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. I'm sure people are sick of hearing about it, but the impacts of COVID-19 are continuing to this day. We've heard about its impact on bars and restaurants, on agriculture, but we haven't talked about its impact on our rural electric co-ops. This is Caitlin Riley on the western end of the world's longest barn in La Crosse. And Scott Schultz had the chance to break down this story and give us some insight of what's happening. Yes, he did, uh, Caitlin. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And you figure all those restaurants and bars and other businesses that are in the rural area, they're served by rural electric power lines. So if they're not taking the power, that means there's no charges going out there. So what is this going to mean? What kind of an impact can it have on our rural electric co-ops, not only in Wisconsin, but around the country? And uh, they're feeling a little bit of the pinch. Steve Fries is the director of the Rural Co-op Association here in Wisconsin. And Scott did ask him about the impact so far and going forward. Well, we've been working with them regularly as their statewide association to deal with all of the unique challenges that have been, um, I guess, introduced to them as a result of this pandemic. You know, their whole way to uh, deliver their uh, electricity kind of has been turned uh, topsy-turvy so that they could uh, keep their employees safe to keep the lights on. They, they really had to do things like uh, a lot of us are doing, uh, work from home. They had to put in, I think, work rule places so that uh, only one lineman per truck instead of having multiple people in uh, so you could do the social distancing. And it brought unique challenges to them to be able to, uh, to make sure that if there were any outages, they had the ability to, uh, to execute and deliver service uh, uh, with these unique challenges. And uh, uh, so that that was really kind of the, the first and foremost thing they had to do is how do they keep their workforce safe while still maintaining the lights on for all of us who need them? And I think they've done a pretty successful job at that. But it um, it brought new challenges that, you know, you, you would not expect. Knock on wood, we haven't had a lot of big major problems around the state uh, other than your normal outages i guess day to day and a couple of smaller storms maybe in different places i can think of but no huge uh need and would would that have changed if a major storm had come through and torn up an area would we have had to set those things aside and said let's get after it we have to repair things well, no, I think you would have still seen the uh, the, the crews uh, practicing the same social distancing, same protections, because the, the last thing you want to do is to, you know, go in and fix today's uh, current uh, outage, and then 14 days from now you have all your line crews sick, and the next storm that comes through you don't have the ability to uh, to respond. If we had a major storm system come through, and, you know, we're just coming into summer where it's likely we will have major storms we have had in the past, uh, we have a, uh, a mutual aid um, program called ROPE um, that is designed to help in the event that Jackson Electric, for example, were to get hit by a major storm. And each of our electric co-ops have relatively small number of employees Anytime that we have um, – uh, we have a rope event, restoration of power in an emergency. We call on our neighboring co-ops to help if they weren't hit, and they would still be practicing the uh, the social distancing, the generally one person per truck crew uh, type of thing. So it would uh, bring some new elements of uh, uh, actually activating uh, the crews to go out, but uh, we certainly are capable of doing that. We've done it before the pandemic, and uh, – I, I'm confident they're capable of doing it during the pandemic. How about on the financial side, Steve? I remember that part of the stay-at-home issue uh, included we have an extension on the disconnection notices going out for those who were unable to pay their light bills. Uh, has it caused any financial difficulties with folks being unable to pay their electric bills because of the unemployment and things that are going on? Well, there clearly have been challenges. So um, all 24 distribution electric co-ops in Wisconsin 
we're not regulated by the Public Service Commission, but uh, they voluntarily complied with Governor Evers uh, and the PSC's order through May 11th not to do the disconnects to extend the winter moratorium. So it would allow for people, um, you know, still be able to have hot water and running water and all of those things. Uh, but right. it did clear for some of the co-ops, uh, it depends on the region of the state. Some of them got hit relatively hard. Uh, and it's because in some cases you had massive layoffs in the co-ops territory or it had um, uh, more uh, sand mines or ethanol plants or, you know, bigger facilities when they closed down. Uh, people lost their jobs, and so that, you know, ran into challenge. And, and it's easy when you have a moratorium, you know, not to pay that particular bill when you don't have a moratorium on, you know, paying your car, um, your car mortgage or your house mortgage. You know, those are right. those are the things that, you know, people were, were working with. And I know as uh, the co-ops are, you know, back under normal operating systems, they're working with individuals who – you know, find themselves now into a, a challenge. For many, you know, who were laid off, they, they got, what, 40% of their normal pay through uh, uh, unemployment compensation. And through right. the end of July, I believe it is, they got an extra $600 per week. So for many of them, they, they didn't experience a financial um, hardship. And hopefully they continued to pay their bills. Uh, but in some cases, they didn't. And it, it, it was a challenge for some of the co-ops. Uh, you know, we've seen somewhere the accounts receivable, the, the non-payment of the electric bill, um, you know, went from $70,000 to half a million dollars in one month. And that, you know, puts a lot of stress on the co-op. Fortunately, they operate as a not-for-profit uh, and uh, and have the ability, uh, wherewithal, to um, uh, that's, you know, been the key, keeping the lights on, keeping the, call, the co-op uh, going and the employees safe uh, so their communities could be safe. Did any of the co-ops that you know of uh, do things like uh, capital credit payout? Was that a common thing across the state uh, with the co-ops? Well, normally under normal circumstances, they're doing that uh, every year. If they had a, a year um, in the past, and it generally is a, a number of years uh, ago that they assigned the capital credit to the, the member uh, and then they pay it out at a later point in time so that, the, you know, the co-op has the ability for cash flow and all of those things. And I know some of them did do that. Others have, you know, stepped up to help uh, their members by relatively large contributions to local food banks. Uh, we have uh, a number of them right now who are participating with uh, uh, with a quick trip on a dairy promotion. We uh, are in the process of uh, June Dairy Month giving away 120,000 gallons of milk uh, for um, – uh, for members. Um, so it, it varies depending on the area. Some of them increase the scholarships uh, to their local schools to help the kids um, who are going to have a harder time going to college now. Uh, so they stepped up and did that. Um, most of our co-ops participate uh, in some form of uh, dairy promotion with the June Dairy Breakfast. And when those have been canceled, you know, some of them decided to do it with the uh, Quick Trip Milk Giveaway. Others decided to do it with direct uh, payments to their uh, local food pantries or uh, or shelters, and uh, you know they they clearly are uh, fulfilling one of the seven cooperative principles: commitment to community. And again, that's Steve Freeze, who is the the head man at the Wisconsin uh, Rural Electric Cooperative uh, organization, and uh, a lot of groups are stepping forward to try to fill the void of what, like he said, we don't have the June Dairy Breakfast. They're doing some other things, so right. good things going on. All right, so thanks to Steve for uh, telling us about that. Now, what about some local news? Then we'll get to Kelly and find out about this rain. All right, a priest and former chaplain in Chippewa Falls is out on bond after being accused of inappropriately touching a McDonnell High School student back in 2016. A judge yesterday allowed Father Charlie Richmond to leave court on a promise to return. A judge yesterday sentenced Richard Seehafer of Menominee to 40 years in prison for the 2018 killing of John Lightness. Seehafer is 52 years old. He pleaded no contest to a lesser homicide charge in April. There will be no overseas trips for students at UW-Eau Claire this year. The university yesterday canceled all of its study abroad programs for 2020 
the school officials say there are still too many worries about the coronavirus pandemic. About 450 students will miss out on an opportunity. UWO Claire hopes to restart its study abroad program next year. Expect some guidance from the state of Wisconsin after the weekend about sending your children back to school this fall. The state's Department of Public Instruction is set to release its recommendations for restarting the school year on Monday. That's on Monday they'll be releasing those recommendations, not starting the school year on Monday, of course. Public schools in Wisconsin have been online only since March because of the coronavirus pandemic. And there might be a new look to high school sports across Wisconsin this fall. The WIAA, those folks who run high school sports in the state, yesterday released its Reopen School Sports Report. The biggest recommendation is to ask coaches to wear face masks and allow players to wear them if they want. The WIAA is recommending more hand sanitizer and cleaning of the footballs and other balls used in various sports. There's no way no. football players or <laughs> basketball can wear a face mask. You can't breathe. You'll choke out there. Uh, that's that's no, not even logical. Even what? That's... Don't these people, didn't they play sports? <laughs> right. Yeah, they aren't talking about your football face mask either. Well, no, they want you to wear the, the, Senate, the mask to protect you, which... That's not even reasonable, but anyway. Yep, and by the way... Uh, that was my editorial comment. <laughs> Barry Davis at uw Manis, or Barry Davis, that's the old wrestling coach, of course. Barry Alvarez, the athletic director at UW-Madison, said they'll be talking uh, this coming, uh, in the next few days, releasing more about what home football games will look like this year. That'll be interesting. Yeah, I can just imagine these... 300-pound offensive lineman always got their hands on their hip and they're breathing, <laughs> breathing. And then I got to do it with a mask on? Come on. Anything else? Yeah, well, some of us uh, over the years, it could be argued that uh, those masks might quiet some of the complaining and whining that goes on out there, too. According to the Wisconsin elect- Election Commission... Well, that'd be for the... That'd be- <laughs> That's by making why the coaches got to wear them, not the players. <laughs> yeah, I've been on both sides of that sideline oh, and, okay. and their reasons for, for having those uh, muzzles on. But uh, anyway, according to the Wisconsin Election Commission, ballot harvesting and voter fraud are either serious threats to the November election or no threat at all. It depends on who you ask. Democratic commissioners this week said there's nothing to worry about by letting activists collect absentee ballots this fall. Republican commissioners say there's a very real threat of fraud and they want to clarify the rules. The Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty has asked for a clarification ahead of Election Day this fall. All right, very good. Some of the uh, local news going on around the area, and we'll catch up on uh, on more stuff. But right now, we want to get over to Skywarn 13 and check on our weather as we get into Father's Day weekend. Kelly Slifka is with us. Morning, Kelly. I lied again. <laughs> I, I thought Kelly was going to be with us here on a Friday morning because I really wanted to get him to explain this rain and uh, where it's all at. So we'll we'll keep the mic open in case Kelly hears us and uh, jumps in on our program here because uh, there is rain around the area. I'm not sure exactly where it is right now because we don't have any radar in the studio. But uh, we'll take a look at uh, his forecast. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, at least chances of rain coming through the area and cooling down to upper 70s to maybe 80 on Sunday. And then sunshine on Tuesday and Wednesday. Kelly, how close was that to your forecast? Evidently pretty close. He's a man of few words, if you've noticed over over the time that we've had Kelly with us on the program. So <laughs> I don't know if he's out putting air in his bike tires or where he might be. But again, uh, I desperately wanted to get him to explain these rain patterns over the next few days. Because uh, it's not going to be like a a big swath of rain, the way I understand it, moving through, but uh, just kind of spotty rain for rain coming in and out. And I know there's been rain this morning across the river into River Falls and Pierce St. Croix counties, down into Pepin and Buffalo County, and up north around uh, oh the Rib Lake area and that part of the country. So uh, not sure just exactly how much of that rain is going to get our area. Kelly, how much rain are we going to get? Oh, I thought we'd get more than that. Really? That's what you think? That's all the rain we're going to get, huh? Huh. 
Well, is it going to be, how hot is it going to get? Well, well, 85? You don't say. (laughs) So, Kelly, I don't know where in the world he is this morning. (laughs) But anyway, uh, we're looking at uh, at some rain in our forecast this morning. And, uh, again, I don't think it's going to be anything to, you know, you're not, it's probably going to get, if you got hay down, it's going to get it wet. But, uh, yeah, just don't cut hay until the first part of next week, and you'll be all set. 68 degrees right now. It'll get about 79 with rain across the listening area today. Weather brought to you by Bex Hybrids. What time of the day do you prefer to spray your crops? Hey, it's Ben Pisto, your Bex Field Agronomist in Wisconsin. So I'm guessing that most of you would prefer to spray your acres in the middle of the day. But is this really the best time to get optimum performance from your fungicides and micronutrients? No. When we're trying to get products such as micronutrients into a plant through a foliar application, we need that plant to actually absorb the product. Our crops actually typically shut down during the middle of the day because of the heat and just overall stress that may occur. It's the early morning and evening when they're the most receptive to micronutrients and fungicides. So if we look at data from our practical farm research program, we find that on average we gain two to five bushels of corn simply by spraying early in the morning or late in the evening. Now keep in mind that this does not work with herbicides. If you'd like more agronomic information like this, check out our website at bexhybrids.com and have a great weekend. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And right now we're about uh, 21 minutes before, 22 minutes before 6 o'clock. What's that you said, Kelly? Oh, I I guess I thought he had something he wanted to add to the weather forecast this morning. (laughs) All right, let's, uh, let's get on with it. What else is happening in agriculture this morning, Scott? More than 180 organizations, many of them with agricultural interests, have written a letter to President Trump urging him to give the phase one trade deal between the U.S. and China more time to work. The letter said they're fully confident Chinese purchases of U.S. agricultural products will pick up and they will meet the deal's goals. They said the deal can't be judged only in the short term and it needs to be given time to work. The future success of American agriculture is closely tied to Chinese trade. And a couple other things we want to get to before we get to markets. Brent's going to join us on our Countryside Co-op Crop Information Update program. And I understand he's soliciting people to help him unload hay racks. Oh, there's a great thing he shared here with a young lady leaning on a gentleman's <laughs> car window saying, I'll do anything you want. And the guy says... Will you unload hay? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so uh, that's the way it works. Yep. All right. Now, again, we've been starting since Monday with this Department of Revenue stuff to apply for some of that $50 million in direct aid. And that's going to go on until the 29th. And uh, we've given all the details. But let's give that contact information once again, Scott, of how farmers can get a hold of Department of Revenue and get some of that money. Go to their website. That's the number one chance that you have. That's what they want you to do. Revenue.wi.gov. Revenue.wi.gov. And I'll give you a phone number in a second, too, so get your pencil ready. Or email dorfarmsupport at wisconsin.gov. That's dorfarmsupport at wisconsin.gov. Now, which of the letters in that address are capital letters? Because this is goofy. The D-O-R... And the F on farm and the S on support are all capital. I'm not sure if it's case sensitive or not, but those are capitalized in the information we have. And all one word. And all one word, DOR farm support at Wisconsin.gov. And that telephone number now is 608-266-2772. And as we've said from the start, they want you to get your application in for that funding, which is between $1,000 and $3,500, as soon as possible. You have until the 29th to do it, but just in case you have a problem with the application or you need to appeal the application, they'd like it done as early as possible so that you can get the chance to do that all. Yeah, and don't go to them on June 30th and say, oh, I was busy. Oh, that's too bad. Yep. you gotta get you got to get it done. You had, you'll have two weeks, so... Again, it's very serious, and hopefully, you know, the checks aren't going to make or break you a thousand to thirty five hundred dollars. But uh, tell you that 
all helps. It does. All right, other things going on. And again, we want to make sure everybody has this right. The Pepin County June Dairy Breakfast at the Weiss Farm has been canceled for tomorrow. Instead, the breakfast committee in Pepin County holding that drive through breakfast on June 20th. That's Saturday, tomorrow, starting at 7.30 in the morning. The event will be held at two locations, Comro Sales at Durand and the O'Galley Cheese Factory. Each car will get a bag of food that amounts to enough food to feed four people. There's no cost, but they will accept free will donations at both locations and I was talking to uh, Randy Kohler. <laughs> he kind of in charge of the dairy breakfast over there. And he was telling me, he said, boy, I said, well, you think you got enough food? He said, I don't know. I don't know how many people are going to turn out. So this is a real crapshoot. So I wouldn't roll in there at uh, 9, 30, 10 o'clock. It starts at 7.30 and I get in there because it's going to, well, they'll have, uh, what do you tell me, pancake mix and syrup and things like that, all kinds of stuff that, that you can do. it again, no cost, but like they do on the farm breakfast, Free will donations will be accepted. Next year's breakfast, the 2021 breakfast, will be where it was supposed to be this year on the Weiss Farm. So, again, that drive through dairy breakfast in Pepin County is tomorrow at Comrose Sales in Durand and the O'Galley Cheese Factory. Also, starting today in Walworth County, it's the finals for our Alice in Dairyland. This was supposed to be about six weeks ago. But again, it had to be postponed and reconfigured, and that's what they're doing because of the COVID virus. And so it's gone in Walworth County. Now, what's going to happen? Walworth County will host the 74th Alice in Dairyland Finals next year, and then Dane County will host the 75th Finals in 2022. And then Dunn County will host, everybody's been pushed back a year or so, Dunn County will host the 76th Alice in Dairyland Finals in 2023. So, again, and good luck to all the young ladies that are, are in six tremendous young ladies. We've heard from four of them from our area, and we wish them all the best of luck. But between you and I and the woodpile, I hope it's one of ours that gets to be Alice. All right, let's uh, make sure that we're aware of that. And uh, some other places have uh, gone ahead and lined up some breakfast. 39th annual Colby Dairy Breakfast will be Sunday, June 28th, 7.30 till noon, and it's a drive through breakfast, and they'll be practicing social distancing, and it's going to be in Colby at the Colby Lions Shelter, starting at 7.30 until noon, or until, again, supplies last. So that's the 39th annual Colby Dairy Breakfast, and I'm not sure just exactly what's going to happen. I would assume they'll have... Smith Brothers sausage is there. That's enough to draw draw me to the breakfast. Right there. Oh, right I love there. their sausage when <laughs> they're cooked on that grill. But uh, again, that's the Colby Dairy Breakfast, June twenty eighth, seven thirty until noon at the uh, Colby Lions Center. And uh, Grant will have an event coming up in July. We'll talk about that later on. But that's uh, that's good to see all the things coming up. A lot of folks around here are breathing easier because of Grace Home Respiratory. They appreciate that Grace Home Respiratory is a local company that puts customer service first. They appreciate that Grace Home Respiratory provides an array of medical equipment, services, and supplies to help their recovery and enhance their quality of life. They appreciate that Grace Home Respiratory has the experience and qualifications that exceed their expectations. So when you need home medical equipment and services, turn to Grace Home Respiratory not only for the equipment you need, but for their dedicated staff of respiratory therapists who are on call 24 hours a day. To find out more, call Grace Home Respiratory at 715-832-7377 or online at ghr-ec.com. Grace Home Respiratory hopes for you health and safety in this uncertain time with the COVID-19 pandemic. At Grace Home Respiratory, they know we will get through this together. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Sixty-seven degrees here at Wax 104.5 at a quarter to six. Let's go over to the Equity Altoona market to hear the latest from Jim Lindsay. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers eighty two to eighty seven with a top of eighty eight and a quarter choice Holstein steers seventy six to eighty two. Select underfinished heavyweight steers and heifers seventy six and down. Top twenty percent of the cow cows sold from fifty nine to sixty four with a top of seventy. Sixty percent of the cows sold from forty five to fifty eight. Bottom twenty percent of the cows sold from forty five and down. 
bow bulls sold from 70 to 80 fin full horn of bulls weighing over a ton all discounted. 80% of the 95 pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from 50 to 140 per head. Quality beef calves sold from 50 to 235 dollars per head. Light poor quality calves sold from 50 dollars per head. And just a quick reminder: our next special feeder sale is Friday, June 26th. If you would like to consign any cattle to our upcoming sales, or would like an on-farm visit, feel free to call the market at 715-835-3104. Early consignments are always appreciated. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Thanks, Jim. You have a great day, too. Let's get over to the Equity Stratford barn on a Friday morning. Jerry Fitzgerald's with us. Good morning, Jerry. Your hay getting wet yet? Well, good morning to you, Bob. No, kind of an interesting uh, sky this morning. The sun's up, of course, but uh, eh, scattered clouds, but a real pretty real pretty sunrise. But, uh, uh, yeah, according to the radar, we're probably going to get something here this morning. But I don't think it's going to be a super downpour. Maybe a better chance tomorrow, huh? Well, I think so. Over the weekend, I mean, it's going to be kind of... Scattered, the good thing, it's not a big, heavy front moving through that's going to drown everything, So, but we need some moisture. Hey, wrap up the week at Stratford. I'll certainly do that, Bob. Thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. From yesterday, Thursday, and this past week here in Stratford uh, at the Equity Barn here on the market car auction yesterday, high-yielding utility cows selling from 58 to 66. Most of the cows uh, yesterday and this week are your average dairy cows. They're selling from 45 to 57, and your thin cows, light carcass cows, below the $45 money. On the bull trade this week, your better quality bulls are selling from 73 to 86, with a top at 89, lighter weight bulls below the $70 money. On the fat cattle trade, your choice grading Holstein steers, uh, mostly from uh, 77 to 87. High yielding choice Holsteins and prime grade steers from 88 to a top of 91 and a half. Uh, select grading cattle under finished cattle, 74 and back. On the calf market, replacement Holstein bull calves, good quality calves, weighing 95 to 130 pounds. On yesterday's sale, mostly from 75 to 140. Uh, Monday's auction, we did see a lot of these bull calves sell from that 140 up to a top of 170. Heifer calves, fairly limited demand, 20 to 70. Uh, beef calves, again, are in good demand, and they're selling from uh, 100 to 250. Just want to take a look at the sales schedule for next week. Full marketing week again here at Stratford next week, but our next hay sale, of course, will be next Tuesday. Next feeder cattle sale will be next Wednesday. And do also want to mention, uh, for you folks in the dairy business, we do have a lot of cattle listed for private treaty sale. Uh, on, as for the dairy market, we do have two complete herds for sale. Also, a lot of good quality springing and open heifers. So, again, you can look at those listings on our website, Equity Co-op. Click on the Stratford page or 715-687-4101 is our phone number. So, Bob, that's what we have for the folks this morning. Everyone enjoy the weekend. Uh, and I know uh, a lot of hay still to be made, but... Uh, a couple of days off wouldn't hurt nothing, and uh, we do need some rain. It's not critically dry, but especially in the lower places, the lighter soils, uh, probably an inch and a half, two inches of rain, you probably wouldn't even know it came. No, you wouldn't, and we do need the rain, that's for sure. So uh, we'll we'll keep our fingers crossed. Hey, have a good weekend. You too, guys. Enjoy it. We will. Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Stratford Sale Barn. At Macy's, we're welcoming our friends and family back with a very special offer just in time for Father's Day. Get an extra 30% off the perfect gift with your coupon or Macy's card and 15% off men's fragrances and more. Or find great specials like 60% off summer essentials from Malfani, 70% off gold and silver chains, and top kitchen appliances starting at $16.99. And get contact-free curbside pickup at select stores. Find a location near you at Macy's.com slash stores. Exclusions apply. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And wrapping up our markets on this Friday morning on the Board of Trade this morning, July corn is about a penny higher at 332. The oats down a penny at 305. Wheat, the harvest is going on, continue under pressure because of that winter wheat harvest. The wheat's down to 483 on that July contract. July beans up three at 876. Meal up 30 cents a ton at 289.10. Country elevator prices at uh, Dummer's Grain Service in Holman, Buck Country Grain in Arcadia. Corn delivered to those elevators today, 308. Soybeans at 853. On the DTN screen, corn. Golden Plump today, 313. At the elevators in Baldwin, Duran, Mondovi, Elmwood, Fall Creek, and Osseo, 283. The beans at 828. Stevens Point, beans 802. Elk Mound, corn 295. The beans at 832. Down at Sparta, 288 on the corn, 821. For the soybeans, Ellsworth is 275 and 828. Ethanol plants, Boyceville, corn 310. Stanley, 303. New Richmond, 297. 
Barrel cheese down a nickel, trading down to 228 yesterday. The block's unchanged at 250. Butter up three quarters at 180 and three quarters. June class three up 17 at 2092. July, uh, July up 64 at 2043. August up 45 at 1854. September up 28 at 1774. And October up 21 at 1722. And that's a look at our markets this morning on Wax. Countryside Cooperative, creative solutions, exceptional value. The gut is a calf's first line of defense, protecting it against scours, pneumonia, and other health challenges. Countryside Cooperative's animal nutritionists say you can strengthen calves' gut defenses with a complete nutrition program designed to support optimal growth and health. Those countryside nutritionists say that can be done by feeding your calves Land O'Lakes Cow's Match, Amplifier Max, or Pasteurized Milk Balancer. Those products contain prebiotics and probiotics for a balanced, healthy gut. Contact one of Countryside Cooperative's nutrition consultants to learn how you can meet your calves' nutrition and health needs. Those nutritionists are located throughout western Wisconsin for your convenience. To reach your Countryside Cooperative nutritionist or for other needs on your farm, call Countryside Cooperative at 800-236-7585 or visit their website, countrysidecoop.com. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's been a while since we've had a season like we're having this year. Got the crop in in good shape. Got the hay bines and the balers out and the choppers. And have made some pretty darn good first crop hay. Brent Wink is going to join us this morning once again on our Countryside Co-op Crop Information Update Program. And uh, Brent, I'll tell you, it's been an awfully good spring and making hay first crop so far has been pretty good. Have you seen any glitches at all or any warnings moving forward? Boy, Bob, you hit it on the head. We've had just a perfect season for getting hay done. Hopefully this last week provided great opportunity for any of that first crop that was still out there that needed to be bailed, and we couldn't have asked for a better stretch of weather. So that's always great to see, but... You know, when we think back on this last week, we had a lot of southerly winds and just uh, a lot of conditions, and, and we're kind of bringing some pests into the area. Uh, potato leafhoppers is probably one of the biggest, most common pests in our alfalfa crop. They're able to kind of pierce and suck on those alfalfa plants and cause some stunting. <clears throat> we are starting to find some potato leafhoppers in the area. The numbers are climbing a little bit. Uh, good news for the early cut hay that was cut toward the beginning of the month. The regrowth is really tall enough on that that I don't suspect we're going to have to spray any of that. We're going to basically be haying that stuff uh, before the numbers get too big. But probably anything that's less than six inches of regrowth, you're definitely going to want to make uh, make sure and check some of those fields. Get somebody to come out with a sweep net and just keep an eye on it and monitor that. And then after second crop on a lot of these fields, we'll probably have to watch and see what the numbers do and see if it's just something that we have to spray because just have had such a great season. We want to make sure and keep that crop coming. This will be a great year to kind of rebuild some of our alfalfa stocks and quantities. So it's been a, been a, a year for the record book so far for the alfalfa hay. It certainly has. Well, are there leaf hoppers, but uh, any other concerns as far as pests, be it insects or weeds right about now? Yeah, so just kind of switching gears, you know, we're, we're seeing a lot of top dress in our cornfields, and boy, the, the corn is really starting to take shape as well, as you kind of mentioned. We're really starting to see good color in that fields and a lot of good, fast, rapid growth. So side dress nitrogen will kind of continue. And then just lastly, on soybean spraying, you know, a lot of herbicides getting applied to soybean fields right now, just making sure that we're including the herbicide to control volunteer corn in those soybean fields. You know, a lot of that is real small. It's easy to control uh, when you do that right now and just to not have that in those fields later on in the season. So kind of everything's coming together here and, and getting everything wrapped up and cleaned up in a lot of these fields. So hopefully we get enough moisture here and kind of keep the season cranking along for us. 
I hope so, too, Brent. Thank you. Brent Wink on our Countryside Co-op Crop Information Update program. Hey, happy Father's Day. Don't forget, that's coming up on Sunday. Oh, I'm not going to forget because my wife has me on an assignment this morning. She said, you pick out the steak that you want. Oh, man, oh, man. There's going to be a couple porterhouses grilled, I think. On oh, that. I've heard... Uh, Round steaks are a nice round steak. It's <laughs> <laughs> good on the grill. Yeah. <laughs> well, enjoy it, won't you? We, I will. Well, buy, buy two that are big enough so that when she can't eat all of hers, then you'll get the rest well, of I'm that. Well, I'm on that. Oh, I, I figured you probably were. So enjoy your Father's Day weekend. Might you be too. a little damp, but uh, not too bad. Right now, we've got 68 degrees, a little rain around the area. A-plus insulation services. Go to aplusinsulationec.com. Macy's has opened most stores and has a very special friends and family offer in time for Father's Day. Get an extra 30% off the perfect gift for dad, like a new swimsuit or sandals. Now at Macy's. Exclusions may apply. Wax 104.1.